I think people fall for things that are too good to be true because they're looking for something external to save them instead of taking responsibility for their life. If I want the results, I have to actually work out. But the reality is I don't want to do that. So hopefully like a cold plunge or waking up, you know, and for the first 15 minutes going outside and getting sunlight in my eyes is going to save me from actually doing the hard things. Welcome to the Emotional Fortitude Podcast, how to build the emotional fortitude to win in life and in business. No fluff, just real world results. I'm your host, Ida Marmorani, ex-Israeli Special Forces, former undercover agent, jiu-jitsu black belt, and mindset expert. So when I started coaching, I had a client named Jeff. Now, Jeff had a couple of $100,000 invoices that he actually didn't send out to past clients of his business. And every time I would try to get him to make a plan, okay, this is the most important thing that we need to be doing this week to send out these invoices, he wouldn't do it. And what was really frustrating for me is that I would see on his Facebook, he would post about how he's trying to cycle on a very low speed to get his zone two in, or how he would be doing the sauna to make sure that his aura ring is up or whatever it may be. And at the end of the day, he was using biohacking as an excuse to not actually execute and do the things that he needed to get done. And I could tell that he had this story in his head that if I just get my aura ring to show a 10 score, then I can finally send out the emails that need to be sent out. But since I only have a seven score, I obviously can't do anything meaningful in this state today. So I better optimize around the sleep score instead of just doing the work that needed to get done. And today we're going to be talking about why biohacking becomes a dependency that can make you very weak. And I really wanted to say that biohacking makes you weak, but I haven't met every single biohacker in the world, so I can't. But the reality is that every single biohacker that I've met is mentally fragile. And I don't think they were there that way to begin with, but that biohacking has created that for them. So in order to make sure that I also don't just talk about how I think things, but we back it up with some science, I have Andy Morgan here to join me. Andy Morgan is from ripbody.com. They've helped over a thousand people have actual transformations. So Andy doesn't post just, um, cool things that he looks at. This is an idea. That's an idea, but actual results. And Andy, could you please introduce yourself to the good people? It's about, thank you for having me on. It's an honor. Um, yeah, I, uh, the website started when I wanted to help my friends out, uh, in the gym in Japan, because I saw that they were taking a whole bunch of supplements that they didn't need. And I knew they didn't need them because I had access to English language information and they didn't. Um, I'm not Japanese, as you may be able to hear. I'm, I'm British, um, but I've been living in Japan now for 18 years. I'm going back about 12 years ago. And I was really frustrated with my friends who were, you know, working class guys, but they were spending money they couldn't really afford on these supplements that they didn't need. It was a very serious gym. These are very serious dudes. Um, and they were almost all of them were either bodybuilding or they were powerlifters. And I wanted to help them out. And so I started blogging and this was especially, um, how can I say this is especially relevant to me, especially sharp to me because I'd been down that road myself. So I had been frustrated with my own physique for years, years. I've been going to the gym since I was say 17, 18 ish. And I didn't really look like I lifted as one girl uh, pointed out to me one day as I, <laughs> as I plucked up the courage to approach her on the beach. And then we, we had a conversation and I was telling her that I was doing a load of karate in and Aikido in Japan and I was going to the gym. She was like, oh, you don't really look like you 
train as much as you do. And I was like, well, you know, as much as a kick in the balls that is, maybe she's got a point. And then I went on bodybuilding.com and I, you know, read the articles there and, you know, I was oblivious to the fact that it's a website that's designed to sell me supplements, right? Yeah. I didn't think of the business model. Yeah. So I just took it at face value and I was taking everything. Like I was taking like two, $300 worth of stuff um, every month. And, wow. you know, I was only earning something like yeah. $1,500 $1, a month at that point, right? But like, good God, I had to fix this. And then I kind of realized that, man, it was all a lie. Uh, maybe some protein powder, which is powdered food. That would be convenient. Creatine, good stuff. Uh, it can help you gain muscle a little faster. Um, everything else, almost everything else, um, a waste of time out of very specific contexts. Um, I say almost. Um, and so, yeah, it just pained me. And then so I started blogging. I was writing in English and Japanese. Uh, and uh, someone... Uh, none of the Japanese people cared because who the hell am I? Um, but God bless the Americans. There was a guy called Phil from um, San Francisco. And he was like in the comments of my blog post. He was like, oh, hey, how much is your online coaching, Andy? And, uh, you know, things went from there. I was like, oh, Phil, can I send you an email? I was like, yeah, absolutely. So I was like, Phil, my 12-week package is, includes this, 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 and this. It's $899. What do you say? And I'd worked with some friends and had success, um, but I'd never really done it um, too formally, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, I started working with Phil and then I just started posting the results and it all it was all just articles about what I was doing with clients, um, simplifying and a business, this online coaching business grew from there. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So I'll say this, Andy's got like a, if you look at his website, there's thousands of results and the main thing is the reason I wanted to bring Andy on board is like, as you guys can hear, he actually focuses on what creates a result, not about the latest fad. And I wanted somebody else who has experience in this field. Cause we talk a lot about entrepreneurship and a lot of entrepreneurs are trying to optimize their health in order to get yeah. better results with their business as well. It's a big thing. And so I want to talk about that angle. And the first thing I'd love to dive into is the allure of silver bullets instead of foundational discipline, how people don't just keep it simple and not do the stupid things. And instead they give themselves permission, like, wait, let me do the stupid thing. But then if I also do a cold plunge on top of that, it'll nullify the stupid thing. And I'd love to hear your opinion on that. Andy. Like, why do you think so many of the people, like they just, they struggle to just do the simple things, the foundational principles, you know, like eat your macros, get good sleep. And why do they try to fall into all this biohacking thing, hoping that something will save them instead of just doing the right thing? So um, we, we have businesses, the people listening to this podcast, um, most people have their own businesses, right? Yep. And we've all found through our experiences, as we've, as our businesses have gone through different levels, that we've been able to turn certain knobs that have had outsized results for us. And so this may be a specific form of marketing. This may be a specific um, um, operations uh, efficiency method that you implemented in your business. And it's just been absolutely a game changer for our businesses. And so we have experience where um, small changes can make, can give us outsized results. Mm -hmm. And so this curse of looking for optimizations, I think, um, is even stronger in the, among the entrepreneur 
community or this this tendency to look for optimizations is even stronger among us business owners and we the the problem is that health and fitness and nutrition is not like that sadly um but we want to believe that there are things that will get us outsized results that don't require too much effort. That's natural. That's absolutely human nature. And it's especially in our nature because we've decided to uh, swim away from the mainstream and, and go and create and build something ourselves. Right. Right. We, we, we think a little bit differently. It's um, if I may risk jump in, takers. yeah. Cause like for me, I would, I would hope that it wouldn't be the case. Like most mm. entrepreneurs, they know not to go buy lottery tickets. They know that's not what's going to be the thing that they that saves them. But this yeah. is kind of what they're doing with their health and in regards to all this optimization being like higher performance. So it's interesting because like, we should be smarter than that to not go buy lottery tickets and hope for a silver bullet to save us. Are you a gambler? No. No, I'm not either. Yeah. I, I, I've been to Vegas. I haven't touched the machine. I just yeah. got no interest in that. Yeah. 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 Okay. So there's... There's this nature within us, and then there's also the the industry and the current algorithm and uh, the rewards. And the algorithm amplifies the most outrageous stuff always. That is what gets attention. Mm, I want you to think uh, of... Everyone listening to this is an expert in something, right? Yeah. Whenever your field has come up in the newspaper, so there's a headline about it. So the average newspaper here. How often do you nod your head and say, yeah, yeah, that's a good article? I'm willing to bet it's not very often because when it comes to my industry, yeah. it is not very often that I nod my head and I think, yeah, that's a solid article. And that is even with a degree of journalistic standards and uh, editorial there. Now, when it comes to the social media algorithm, there is nothing there stopping people from exaggerating or just lying their asses off. And they don't always know that they're lying. Um, that would be pathological liars. Um, it, it, in fact, I'm not even sure if that's the correct term, but they're just lying for benefit. Yeah. They could just be deluded. Right, they've said something that they thought was right, and even if they figure out that it's wrong, they're now locked into a position because they're getting so much attention from it. They become the outlier in one specific area, and then they become a um, a guru in that specific area. And now, of course, they can make a lot of money from that, and it's very hard to get someone out of that when their um, income depends on them not changing their belief. Right. And so, yeah, so Andy, I'd love to ask you from the flip side of that. So mm. that I can understand. Like, I think that's pretty obvious. Everybody knows that. Like, okay, yeah. this person has this incentive. That's why they're being outrageous. That's why they're making these claims. That's why they're eating raw liver or whatever it may be. <laughs> yeah. And like the, the question I would love this podcast, not the question, the thing I would love this podcast to provide for people mm. is how they can avoid that allure. Because if we were naturally inclined to say, okay, this is interesting. Why is he just doing this one magic trick, that little known secret from the Amazon from 50 years ago or whatever, it may be nonsense. Right. 
Like, why do people think that? Why do you think people can't just keep that basic discipline? Saying, okay, like these are nonsense optimizations, but this is a discipline that I actually know will get results. Unfortunately, it's because the basics are hard to do. They're, they need to be done every day. Um, most things, right? Sleeping well needs to be done every day. Yeah. Um, or for the most part, uh, training needs to be done most days, some form of, you know, exercise and nutrition is something that we have to look after every day or certainly for most of our meals, most of the time, if we're looking to get to a place. So for, um, weight loss, fat loss, for example, you know, we know that we need to combine that with consistent resistance training. It'd be a good idea to do some form of, um, cardio for our health, our heart health cardiovascular respiratory health and to um yeah anyway and and these things they just they just have to be done there are no shortcuts around that sadly um people get <laughs> this is where like the the gimmick of say polyphasic sleep where you're what is it every every three hours you have a 40 minute nap or something or oh, <laughs> people yeah, yeah. try and arrange their yeah. lives around that but if they miss one they're absolutely screwed um this is where this is why people tend to go for shortcuts um but anything that is sounds too good to be true pretty much is this is your i would say filter number 1 to look for if it sounds too good to be true it is and then we can, can layer I, another filter sorry, on that. yeah it. i know you're going to speak uh, go on please i would add a, even a preemptive layer to that mm I think people fall for things that are too good to be true because they're looking for something external to save them instead of taking responsibility for their life. Mm. So on a financial level, I hope that this new technology, crypto or whatever it may be, is going to save me. So instead of me actually getting serious about my business, I'm just going to go all in on it. Right. Health, I'm not going to take responsibility for it. You said, like, I need to do some things that are hard that I can't outsource. I can't automate. It's like right. not in the business where I can automate a lot of things or I can outsource it. I actually have to get good sleep. If I want the results, I have to actually work out. But the reality is I don't want to do that. So hopefully like a cold plunge or waking up, you know, and for the first 15 minutes going outside and getting sunlight in my eyes is going to save me for actually doing the hard things. And I think before that, it's like people don't want to take responsibility for actually helping themselves out. They're hoping from some external fix can save them. So to speak. Does that resonate? It does. And I don't know if there's a way to, um, pull people's heads out of their asses, really. Um, they just have to get to a point where they are so frustrated with being messed about. They're so frustrated with the lack of results from program or gimmick hopping that they're then finally open to putting in the work. Like if you were to go to my, uh, my website, it's ripbody.com, or even worse, I'll say, athletebody.jp, that's our Japanese one, which is yeah. even more geeky, right? You're going to find pretty detailed articles that talk about um, how to do all of this stuff. And it will teach you how to think and then apply the fundamental principles to yourself. But for that kind of... That sounds like a lot article, of work, Andy. It's yeah, exactly, right? Just jumping in the cold exactly. water and hoping Just tell me what to do, man. Right? It's yeah. like for that to be palatable, like you have to have been... You have to have reached a boiling point of frustration. And until people get to that point, often they're, they're just not ready for it. They're not willing to accept that. And you feel like that boiling point is crucial for people to take responsibility. Like you don't see people just saying, okay, you know what? I get that this is nonsense, 
like what I would hope, perhaps naively, hmm. is that people can recognize, you know what, this was something that nat my natural human tendencies have kind of caused me to get drawn to these optimizations hmm. because I hope they would help me. But now that I actually understand the logic behind that, it, it doesn't. And that's why I also want to talk in a little bit. We're going to get into like what, how much actual impact does this stuff have? They can say, okay, you know what, this actually isn't that impactful. So I should act like a mature adult and not hope to rely on it. But I'm hearing from you that you don't think that's going to be the case for most people. So it's, um, it's almost like, uh, you're building a house without having the foundations there. Uh, a storm's going to come along and it's going to all collapse. It may look good. Um, it may be livable, uh, initially, but it's, it's not going to get you to where you want to go, which is consistent long-term health. Uh, and you have to have these foundational layers in there. You have to take care of that stuff. Um, the other, all the rest is just nice to have and potentially, um, it, it's, it's the icing on the cake, right? But if you haven't got the cake there, then Hey, Let's talk about this because I think this could be really interesting. From what I gather you're saying is that people focus on the optimizations, the icing on the cake instead of building mm. the foundation. Yep. And it's like basically what I've heard from a lot of people that actually know a little bit. They're like, listen, the biohacking, that's like the 0.1% at the very end. That's like the cherry, the sprinkle on the cherry on the top. Mm. But the reality is that most people end up focusing their attention on that and hoping that'll, that can build them a foundation. So like in yes. your opinion, how much, when should someone actually actually give any focus to this biohacking stuff before doing the foundations? Like when have the, what, what are the foundations that say this needs to be in place? And if you don't have this in place, don't play with that. That's nonsense. Almost at all, unless you've got the foundations in place. I would just say, so don't what are bother. those foundations? Like dumb it down for us. Sure. Um, and I want to put a pin in the idea of not following anyone who considers themselves a biohacker because they're just going to be a magnet for nonsense. Um, that doesn't mean that everything that they say will be nonsense, but there's a high degree of likelihood that there's going to be a lot of nonsense in what they're talking about. So a pin in that, we'll come back to that. Yeah, so the foundational layers, um, kind of what, what we said before, but we'll dive a bit deeper, sleep. Um, sleep enough so that you're waking feeling rested if you're if you're having to wait with an alarm clock and I, and I understand that many people do that's natural right um and when you're hitting that alarm clock you are exhausted well that's not a good sign i don't want to give a specific number of hours that you need to be in bed but for many people it's going to be that seven to eight number right and there are times in your life when you're not going to be able to get that number and that's okay but you've got to try to be working towards waking up, feeling rested and ready to go. If you have to smash three coffees and like have a cold plunge and walk outside and get sunlight in your eyes um, before you're feeling like ready to function, that is an issue. And the cure is... <laughs> sleeping more and perhaps weaning yourself off of caffeine so much, yep. right? So that's sleep. Nutrition, the 80-20 of nutrition. Make sure you're not eating too much in terms of calories. Um, and the way that you know that is you are gaining weight. 
um, or you're currently overweight and you're not uh, losing weight. Right? If you're overweight, the, the best thing you can do for your health, uh, your appearance, but also your health in many cases, is to unfatten yourself if you are overly fat. And I'll leave those <laughs> definitions to to you know the individuals. I'm not like I don't I know. know like the, you said what needed to be said. Yeah. There's and no nice be, way. Yeah. Would it be a simple sales like a lot of times just don't eat the things you know you shouldn't be eating? Well um, yeah. so you see it's not that simple because for me, for you. You can eat the things, I can eat the things that I know that I, we shouldn't really be eating as long as it's in moderation and it's occasion because we're the product of our habits, not our occasions. Yeah. Right. So if on like Friday night, we decide to go out and smash some beers and wings, is that a problem? No, it's absolutely not because we're good the rest of the time and we're already at a healthy body weight um, we're already training, we're, we're, we're already sleeping well, we're looking after everything there. Um, and if someone is, say, they need to lose 40 pounds, they've got a journey ahead of them that's going to be probably eight months to a year. Yes, technically, they could lose one pound of body fat per week, right? Okay, fine. But they're unlikely to do that um, every week, week in, week out perfectly, right? You have to give yourself some grace here. So let's call it like nine to, ten, nine to 12 months. Now, um, if you were to say to yourself, right, I'm not allowed any chicken wings, no beer, no Twinkies, no barbecue ribs, um, for nine to 12 months, they're not going to be able to make it. They're going to end up binge eating on those foods, usually on a holiday weekend. And so I don't think that abstinence is generally the way you need to build yourself in some degree of flexibility, but it has to be the occasions. Um, for the most part, though, yes, it's a case of being an adult about what you eat and taking responsibility and just for the most part, eating more fruits and vegetables, more lean meats and fish. Um, a bit more dairy, um, you know, less stuff out of a packet, generally speaking, less ultra highly processed stuff and more of the, the quote unquote good stuff, which of course nutrition people will argue about no end, but like, you know, rice, potatoes, pasta, you know, with, you know, not too high fat sources because it's lots of calories, right? If you yeah. do all of these things, um, that's going to help nudge you into a calorie deficit generally, and then that will help you sustain weight loss. And if if you're not losing weight, then you need to pull back a little bit. And so that's like layer one of this. And then layer two would be the macronutrients. So this is the protein, carbs, and fats. And before anybody's eyes glaze over, I'll just say that um, if you think of protein in the sense of it, it helps to maintain uh, our whole body is made of proteins. Um, but uh, so protein is essential for that, but also it's uh, essential to help us maintain and build muscle mass. Um, and so 
if you want to keep things simple, you can focus on a protein number, perhaps your height in centimeters. Uh, it's about, uh, you use six foot, five eleven, six foot? Uh, meter 87. Not sure exactly what that is. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, no. One. Yeah. 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 Six one. Yeah. Okay. Think so a meter 87. Yeah, I'm so not really sure. If you were to aim for 180 grams of protein, 185 grams of protein a day, uh, wonderful. Right. 160, maybe like a little bit less than that. Great. That would be perfect. And then if you want to let your carbs and your fats fluctuate, that's totally cool. Just make sure that of the fats that you're eating, you're not having too much um, animal fat in there, not too much uh, red meat and sausages, uh, you know, your steaks, and yeah. um, because that could be, uh, that's indicated, that's highly correlated with uh, cardiovascular disease risk and coronary heart disease risk. Um, but that's kind of getting into the weeds there. Um, those so are essentially the basics. Yeah, Yeah, like if I'm not eating 180 grams of protein, 160 grams of protein, I'm not avoiding on a consistent basis. The stuff mm. that I know I should be avoiding, then the cold plunge isn't going to save me. The sauna isn't going to all of a sudden make me healthy. No, basically. That's the no. earth-shattering news you're saying. It's <laughs> the earth-shattering news. Like... That is the earth shattering news. And before like, you know, those grammar mants make anybody's uh, eyes glaze over even further, let, let's simplify this. What does that actually look like? Okay, it probably looks like um, a piece of meat the size of your palm um, eaten three times a day. Boom. That's pretty much it. It doesn't have to That's be much more complicated yeah. than that. That and some vegetables, fruits, carbs, not too many, not too much fatty stuff. Wonderful. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that, that's it training shall we this is kind of the third pillar yeah uh what did your training look like in your military days it was definitely overtrained. so mm. uh, there's no there's no recovery period so like let's say on a random week let's say we're not doing navigation weeks which were very physically grueling because every night you're also walking about like 20 30 kilometers usually with with pack on your back you would do th- four workouts a week um on basically it's called like monday morning you would probably run 10k and then you would do rope climbs calisthenics all that kind of jazz mm. and then on wednesday you would run 10k again on thursday you would do the same and then um basically what would be like um, there's a different kind of work how we work in israel a different week but basically on saturday you would run let's say 6k and then you do 400 meter intervals plus mm. calisthenics mm. and that's on top of the fact that you're always just running around doing actual exercises uh, tactical drills whatever it may be so you're never just you know between workouts completely rested and all that jazz so it's pretty intense and part of that is not just to keep you fit it's to weed out those who aren't mentally tough right those who are likely to let their squad i don't know the exact term down when shit hits the fan is that is that fair to say no actually i don't think so i think Mm -hmm. those workouts aren't where that gets exposed Mm. where that gets exposed is when you're sleep deprived and you already take 20 hours into a drill i think it's pretty doable to be mentally tough for you know 50 minutes for a 10k run whatever it may be Mm. it's much more difficult to do that when you're sleep deprived, when it's already been a couple of days where they're playing with your sleep and with your food. And yeah, it's like in the, um, like in the Navy SEAL is talking about like hell week. That's where most people quit, 
quit, not doing yeah. the physical exercise. It's kind of the same thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Right. We're talking now about maintaining an elite level of um, physical uh, capability yeah. uh, rather than that mental toughness component. Okay. Now you said that it, it borders on overtraining. Well, for you guys, you could just about handle it because you were the elite of the elite. Um, for the, the average person, um, if they can get, if they can do some form of strength training, um, ideally three times a week, um, maybe four, um, and you can do some kind of cardio training, um, something that you enjoy that gets your heart up. It could be cycling, could be swimming, could be running. Uh, just be careful of your knees, um, soft steps. Um, if you're overweight, um, or as soft as you can, definitely cushion shoes, I'd say. Um, and if your knees hurt, stop, don't run through the pain, right? You're not going to get, um, booted out of the military here right think of the long think of the long term right um if you can do that uh two three times a week get your heart rate up um for like 20 to 30 minutes and maybe build up from there this is a, a really good good base and keep getting your heart rate up and you will get fitter over time uh it could be pickable it doesn't have to be cardio in the sense that like uh there's an identifiable machine in the gym right um and when it comes to the strength training uh progressive resistance so that you keep challenging yourself is key uh, and as i said like three or four days a week you could rotate upper lower upper lower um so upper body push pull um vertical pull vertical push uh, horizontal pull, horizontal push, some kind of squat, some kind of hip hinge pattern, picking something heavy up off the floor like a deadlift. And you, you're you doing well if you're doing that like a couple of times a week, each one of those um, a couple of times a week. Um, and I think although body weight is what you guys would do in the military for a lot of stuff, which yeah. absolutely makes sense given that you're going to be in many situations where you don't have access to equipment, um, the easiest thing for us as regular people to do is get to a gym um, where we have weight selector stacks on different equipment or easy access to plates that we can add onto a barbell or a row of dumbbells. And that way we can incrementally make things harder. Whereas if you're doing push-ups, yes, you can do them from your knees and then you can do just regular push-ups. But then as you get stronger, you have to raise your feet. And then all of a sudden you're so strong, you're doing a, a half-assed uh, a, a headstand um, with uh, which isn't really a shoulder press because the range of motion is limited by the fact that you've got a head on your shoulders. Um, and obviously you'd have to be exceptionally strong for that. But, you know, it just gets progressed. It, it gets quite hard yeah. to make these calisthenics harder um, or hard enough to adjust the loads. So, yeah, that that's really the 80-20 of it. Cool. So unless you've done that, you get that dialed in, no biohacking, no advancing. Uh, you know, no. No, that's the absolute basics. Find time for that. I mean, for God's sake, the plunges, like really, unless you've got a cold river outside the back of your house and it, I imagine it would wake you up really well in the mornings, right? Um, are you going to fill up like this bath? Like, come on. Time, yeah. <laughs> the time like, come to on. do this instead like, of something time. else more productive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Like behind me, um, yeah. I have a, a pull-up bar. Um, I've got a, a cup two dumbbells which are um they're adjustable they go up to 32 kilos which i think is about 70 pounds i've got some resistance bands 
and I've got a little collapsible bench. I can do pretty much everything with that and it doesn't take much space. Like I've got a Tokyo apartment, it's not big. Like I could train at home if necessary. This was my COVID gym. Um, yeah. I would just do that and get, get the work in. And everything else, this is a, an optimization on top of that. It should never come before that. It should never come, I want to say before that, like to recognize it shouldn't come instead of that. Because mm. that's what, when you say before that, that's what it actually means. It shouldn't come instead of that. That's what people mm. end up doing. Cool. So, Andy, I want to say thank you for coming on and just giving a little bit of actual insight into this and not the <laughs> nonsense. Yeah. Uh, if people want to learn more about you or what you do, how can they find out more? Yeah, sure. Uh, I've written the website. I've tried to write the website in a way where you can get everything you need uh, and learn it all yourself for free. And that's, so that's ripbody.com. And if you would prefer to buy a book, so that's all that same information, but curated, then it's just, you'll see a button in the menu for books. And we do uh, make money from coaching. And so if you did want to hire, hire us to take you through that, that's what we've been doing for 12 years now. Um, just click that uh, coaching button in the menu and you'll see, uh, you'll see what we do. And it might be for you. It may not be. That's all good either way. I just hope that you can learn from my journey and my pain so that you don't have to go through the uh, just the time waste that I did. And if you're ever thinking, I can't do this, I want you to know that whatever your situation, you're not alone. And I've done my best to make our results page. This ripbody.com slash results. It's in the menu. Um, a whole bunch of varied physiques, not just a bunch of rip 30 year olds. Cause like, it's, you know, you can't relate to that unless you're a nearly rip 30 year old, right? Like I've got a real wide variety of people on there. Um, they're all men, frankly, that I work with though. I will say that. Um, and I've put their stories in there. And then recently on the podcast, I've been interviewing people and talking them through their stories and their issues. So you're not alone. Uh, and you can make some great changes, whatever your age. That's awesome. So to recap, we got the website. We'll have all the show notes below. We also got the podcast. What's the podcast at? It's just ripbody.com slash podcast. Okay. How do, how do we find out on Apple or Spotify if I'm looking for it? Uh, the Ripped Body Podcast. Uh, Ripped Body that's podcast. two words. The Ripped Body Podcast. Yes. Awesome. All right. Thank you very much, Andy. And I hope everyone enjoyed today's episode. We will see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Emotional Fortitude Podcast. Please tell a friend if you enjoyed it and found value in it. Three last things before you go, though. If you feel like someone else with your exact skill set and abilities could be accomplishing more than you currently are, that's a mindset and emotional access issue. And here are three ways I'd love to help you conquer any internal limitations, go big and win. One, three quick ideas Tuesday newsletter. It's a weekly email with three quick ideas around one aspect of elite performance and how to approach it differently to get better and faster results. People say it's the most thought provoking and impactful two minutes they spend in their inbox each week. It's easy to sign up to and easy to cancel, and you can sign up at edamumryan.com slash three ideas. Two is the Emotional Fortitude Micro Course. It will help you build the emotional fortitude and confidently tackle any goal. It's the complete, nothing held back, emotional fortitude system in five simple parts. It's all under five minutes each module. See it, use it, and win. 
And it's completely free at edamarmorani.com slash course. And number three, lastly, if you want to dive in and aggressively level up, the Arena Mindset Accelerator might be for you. It's a six-week intense sprint for entrepreneurs who are up for a dramatic transformation. It's an interactive live program where you'll be working with me in a very hands-on way to get clarity on what you want, build an effective mindset to optimize for your goals, and establish elite emotional fortitude that would allow you to overcome any fear or doubt that could get in your way. You can learn more at itamarmorani.com slash accelerator. You can find all of these links in the show notes below or go to itamarmorani.com and have a look around. Until next time, who dares wins.